toxic. Negative circumstances, negative thoughts and also negative words can be like poison, but the word of God sets us free. Um, the topic tonight is dangerous influences. Dangerous influences. I want to start with a story. Uh, the name is Madame Guri. She figured out radioactiveness. She was a girl. She figured out this has a lot of energy and power. And she got a Nobel Prize in physics for that. And she developed the whole area. And you have to understand, when we hear about radioactivities, we know, don't touch it. Go far away when you want to become 100 years old, right? But in this time, they studied about it. They took the pieces at home because they believe as long as we don't touch it, nothing happened because it stays um, there. They took it home, brought it to work, and all of a sudden, people got sick, people start to die, and all of a sudden realized... Radioactivity is not only touching, even when you're going close, it will kill you. And only some years later, Marie Curie, she died about leukemia. And when we hear this story, we say, but this is a no-brainer. Everybody knows that that's not true. And this is just an image for us that you understand there's a lot of things in the world. We cannot see it, we cannot feel it, but it has a tremendous impact sometimes in our soul, spirit, and also in our mind. When they dropped the bomb in Hiroshima, I brought a picture, from the epic point, maybe 12, 20 miles or far away, the houses were destroyed. And everybody knew if you were surrounded, you were dead, and a lot of people, they were deformed, and even the animals, everything was killed. We know that. But in this time, when, when they dropped the bomb for the very first time, the world understood it has a tremendous power and impact. The word toxic in the Duden just literally means a natural or artificial substance with a harmful, destructive, or deadly effect once penetrated into the organism. And you see here a chicken also grew up very close a in, in, in areas where there's radioactiveness. That means all of a sudden you have like two heads. I googled a lot of pictures that I don't want to show you the picture because it's so ugly. What's happened about that? About this we know, right? Let's go to another topic. What's about Botox? When I mentioned Botox this morning, every, all of a sudden the church was very quiet. I said, hey, we're not in America. Chill. We're Switzerland. I don't say Botox is right or wrong. I just want to explain you, botox in the purest form, uh, like a salt grain size, a salt grain size can kill 500,000 people. I googled that in Google. Botox in the purest form, the size of a grain salt can kill 500,000 people. That means if you put too much botox in your face or in your lips, it looks in the beginning really beautiful, like this girl. Beautiful lips. There's a song. Rote Lippen soll man küssen, denn zum küssen sind sie da. That's a song about red lips. 
This looks beautiful for some years, but let's see this girl in 20 years, and you will say, oh my goodness, too much Botox. Even Botox, too much Botox, I don't say right or wrong, please don't understand me, misunderstand me. I just say too much Botox has a negative impact even in your body. We know that as well. And the Bible is saying in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 21 to 22, but test them all, hold it on what is good, reject every kind of evil. And now we have to understand how the devil operates in our lives. When the devil is not able to stop us to becoming believers of Jesus Christ, he changed his strategy. And a lot of Christians have no clue about the strategy change of the devil. He knows if I'm a believer, the only thing what he can do is to influence my thoughts. And if he influences my thoughts, my lifestyle is not holy. It's my lifestyle is not holy. My life will not bear fruit. And the devil does everything to stop us to be successful and fruitful for the kingdom of God. I want to speak about two points, and these point, two points are enough for the message. The first point is negative influences, influences your life. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 26. Like a muddy spring or polluted well are the righteous who give way to the wicked. And let's think about, for a moment, about this Bible verse. The Bible is saying, people, they believe in God, they shall lead you, guide you, and counsel you. I made a study about, about media, about television, about cinema, about the impact in our generation. Because my mom told me when I was young, oh, the young generation is really bad. And I always felt, I'm not bad, I'm right. And a lot of people saying right now, the young generation, they're growing up, they're really, really bad. I don't think in every generation there are good parts and bad parts. But I read about an amazing study about young people, people between 15 and 20 years old. They're called the Shell Youth Study. In the Shell Youth Study, they're saying that the young generation, that 29% have a longing for a family and children. I was surprised about this study because I always thought the young generation, they, they're going for themselves, family, it's over. It's 20, uh, uh, 92%. A second thing, what they said, 85% they said, we want to be faithful in our marriage. I said, well, really? That's amazing. I could not believe it. I googled twice, three times. And it says the young generation, they believe that. But between believing and dreaming and hoping and lifestyle, it's sometimes a big gap. But I believe that the young generation, they, they, they're adopting a lifestyle who is not healthy. And one day when they found the right person, say, now I want to be faithful. But how in the world, if you have never learned to be faithful, how in the world can you say, now I'm faithful? And this is a really uh, mistake, a myth that a lot of young people, they don't understand. Be faithful, we have to learn that. I want to explain about two uh, TV series. Are you strong in TV series? One TV series is Two and a Half Men. Maybe you have seen this. Yeah, it's about the 25 young guy who's not able to have a really long relationship. 
but every night is a one-night stand with one girl, two girls, three girls, whatever. And the message is, even when you're stupid, there's always a girl. That's the message of this series, sorry. I'm very pragmatic. That's the message. Stupid guy finds always a girl. That's the message. The second one is The Bachelor. Do you like The Bachelor? No, nobody, because you're now in church. I asked this question, morning. no, of course not. <laughs> bachelor, let's face it. You have a daughter. The daughter's daddy, daddy, tell me, how can I find the man of life? You say, oh, that's very easy, it's like The Bachelor. You, 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 you say, I'm a millionaire. You select 20 men, sleep with every man. The man who has the best sex is the most fun. You marry him. You will never give this kind of advice. But the Bachelor series, that's the message to the whole land. You just can pick, try here and there, and maybe you find the right person. Let's go in four different uh, sentences when I watch TV, when I read the newspapers, what the media is telling me every day. And I know the sentences are very, very um, straight, but I like to make things straight because when I preach straight, people understand straight. Four different things. Are you ready? You have to be ready, otherwise you are smashed tonight. You have to be ready because now it's not fun what I preach. The media, the TV is telling us, you must have experienced at least 10 one-night stands so that you learn all the sex technique that you need for your marriage. Yeah. A second thing what the world is saying, you should have intercourse with each sex so you have the whole range that not one day when you're old, you're in the middle of Christ, say, oh, I am gay. You should have at least one long relationship. Long means at least three months. So that you figure out yourself how boring this is. Pornographically, you should definitely make progress. So you saw approximately more than 10 million naked women of every possible sex position. This will help you to be very creative in your sexual life, in your marriage. And this one you hear, I hear every day. An affair gives every marriage a special kick. This message is preached to us every day. Have you realized that? If this is not enough, I want to go to another topic to just to see us how the world has an impact in the church. The World Conference in Beijing, 1995, uh, Dale O'Leary, she wrote a book about gender agenda. And the gender agenda, there are five topics. And the United States, the, UN, uh, the UN, they're supporting these five agenda. The gender agenda is saying, Point number one, the world needs less people and more sexual pleasure to abolish of difference between men and women as well as the abolition in full-time mothers is needed. 
The second point, because more sexual pleasure can lead to more children. Yeah, of course. Free access to contra contraceptions and abortion for everyone is needed, as well as promoting of homosexuality behaviors, since this does not lead to conception. Wow. Now comes the point number three. In the world, sexual education for children and young people with encourages sexual experimentations is needed. The abolition of the rights of their parents over their children is needed. That means in the children's garden, they learn about sex and the parents have no influence anymore. This is the gender agenda. My kids are going to school and they face exactly these topics. And we in the church, we are here and say, really, gender agenda? Oh, wow, is this bad or good? I say, this is evil. The point number four, they're saying, the world needs a 50-50 male and female quote in areas of work and life. All women must, in any way possible, have employment at all times. Point number five, and now please listen to me carefully. They're saying, religion, and also ICF, that do not approve with this agenda must be Ridicule. This is an agenda. That means the world, if, we, if I say I'm as a Christian, I believe in a man and women, that's it. You cannot say this anymore. But the Bible is saying God created man and women. Pasta, nothing more, nothing else. Even when you read the Bible, you have a contradiction to the gender agenda. And this has an amazing impact, how we think, how we talk, how we live our lives. Why are you teaching this? Because even in our church, when people got saved, that sex in the marriage, only a few people, they do that. The most people say, I met the girlfriend, I slept with her, it feels good, it feels so right, it feels so good, it feels so right. I said, what's, but what's about the Bible? About the principle of Jesus? Yeah, yeah, that's for the Old Testament. You know, God's got grace upon grace. He has already forgiven me what I've done in the past, what I've done in the future. I can do now whatever I want. Even in the Christian society, things are not so clear anymore. And the gender agenda has one topic, to water down the principle of Jesus even in our lives. And this topic has not stopped even in the local churches, has a tremendous impact in our lives. In Der Spiegel, there's a, a magazine in Germany, they said in the first January 2007, they said the gender mainstream means a re-education of a whole nation. The sin is not only an agenda, it changes a whole society. And the gender agenda is the opposite of the Bible. What does it mean for you and me as a Christian? Either we stand up, we sing in church, stand up, stand up. We sung these songs many, many, many years, but it will come a time when we're standing up for the truth of Jesus. If we are not lifting up the standard, nobody else will ever do that. 
And I believe that from the bottom of my heart, it's only a matter of time that we Christians are persecuted even in Switzerland because the gender agenda has one topic, that all religions are quiet and you can live however you want. The Bible is saying in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but the transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. He is good, pleasing, and perfect will. And here's the point in the church. Let's read the word of God more than we're reading the newspapers. Let's praise and worship Jesus more than we're hanging in front of a TV. Because the TV... The media, social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook is telling you a story where God is saying, I'm not in this story because I am a holy God. I want to skip now into the positive point because in the morning, all of a sudden people were so quiet. Even some people walked out and said, yes, I preach good. When people are walking out, then you're preaching good. As everybody's happy, your preaching is wrong. God influences and reach your life. And now I want to change the whole atmosphere a little bit. Are you ready? In Psalms chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. You see? Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step which the wicked or stand in the way that the sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates of his law days and night. That person is like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruits in season, and whose leaves does not wither. Whatever they do, it prospers. And when I'm reading this Bible verse, it's different than what the world is teaching me. And the influence of the Bible of God, it's like a tree. If I'm rooted in Jesus, in the word of God, in prayer, my life bears fruit of love, joy, patience, self-control, peace, gentleness, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. And these fruits are longing in my life. These fruits, it's the opposites of the fruits of the world. The fruits of the world is me, me, me. Social media, me, 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 media. More me, 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 me. And you know what's the point is? Me, me, me. It's flipping boring. Yeah, just think about it. Just me, me, me. It's flipping boring because you alone by yourself, just go on vacation by yourself. It's boring. Just make a birthday party. Invite, you invite only yourself. Do this. It's boring. Say hello. Happy birthday, Leo. Yeah, I know I'm birthday. Make a party for yourself. You figure out, just me. It's boring. Life, you need people around you. They make your life better. And the fruit means... I am blessed by God Almighty. In the Psalms, there is a principle, a pattern you can see in the old version of the Luther Bible. 
For example, in the Luther Bible, you see many, many times the word Selah. In God we boast all day, as praise your name forever. Selah. The word Selah just literally means pause. It's not that David says, I need a pause because I'm tired. He says, let's pause for a moment and just think about my life. Does my life bring joy? Sela love? Sela peace? Sela faithfulness? Gentleness? I pause for a moment. Why is prayer so important? Prayer is Selah. Prayer means every day I stop for a moment and reflecting my life, my outcome of my life. My outcome says something about my roots. If my root system is rooted in God, in the Word of God, in prayer, my fruits are godly. Selah means I reflect my life is the love in me. Why is it so important? Because when the world has a strong impact in you, and when we're not doing Selah, that means all of a sudden, the world has more impact than the fruits of God. And I want to be a tree who is planted of the river of God. Last Sunday, we had Keith Craft in our church. And Keith Craft, you know, the big muscle guy, an amazing guy. He preached in our uh, leaders' retreat in Turkey. And uh, he had this, this kind of a, of a watch. And uh, I'm not so much in watches. I never had a watch. I'm now 47 years old. I never had a watch. I'm not in two watches. But when I saw Keith with this watch, I said, oh, it's cool. This is so big, so unique. It fits to my big ring. That's right, eh? And I said, hey, Keith, I like your watch. He said, Really? So yeah, Keith, I'm not into watches, but I like your watch. He said, ah, oh, cool, yeah. And they just eat. And the next day he preached. And he said, hey, dear pastors, Pastor Leo asked me yesterday about my watch. And he said, I like your watch. And when Leo said that, in that moment, I had a glimpse, I want to give my watch to Leo. Then he asked the pastors, now I want to ask you a question. When you give something away, are you praying to Jesus? Jesus, should I give this watch to Leo? Yes or no? He said, I will never ask such a stupid question to Jesus because that's not a prayer. If Jesus is saying no, you say yes. I don't give you the watch because Jesus said no, but for you. If he says yes, I give the watch because I must give, because I have to be obedient. In both cases, you're losing. He said, I never asked Jesus about that. If I have the chance to give something away, I do it immediately. And then he asked, do you know why? He said, because the fruit of love 
It's so strong in me. And all the past said, what is the link between love and be generous? He said, the biggest proof that God is loving us was that he gave Jesus Christ. He was so generous. He gave the best God had for you and me. And generosity, it's in the DNA of God. And if you love, you are generous. And that's why I give all the things away when I have the chance to give things away. And now I have this watch. It's a, it's, it's a limited uh, edition. It costs a couple thousand dollars. I have to mention that because Switzerland number is important. Just kidding. Just make you envy. Um, and this is for me like a prophetic watch. A new season, a new time in my life has started. And when Keith preached about that, I said, the fruit of love, tr I'm trusting that God is the giver, that God is the source of my money, of my job, of my relationship, of children, whatever. If I'm planted like a tree and a drink out of the word of God, love is a fruit in my life. What's about peace? About peace I saw a very, very funny video clip yesterday. I'm going to show you a clip about a young guy who gets really, really mad. <laughs> you like it? My boy said, oh, what's the point? I said, this guy's so angry. Something is wrong. Maybe the, the, the milk of the mom was sour. I don't know what the problem is. But peace is the same thing. Are you angry? about the circumstance in your life, about the situation, angry with people, angry with God. A lot of Christians, they're angry about God in certain areas. They are disappointed. The peace of God is not surrounding them. It's a difference between disappointment and bitterness. Disappointments can happen in life, but bitterness, it's a decision. Why are you saying that? When Jesus was on the cross, they brought him um, vinegar, and Jesus tasted, but didn't swallow it down, and he rejected the vinegar. The same picture, sometimes people disappointing you, you taste a little bit of disappointment in the marriage, in the family, in the church, wherever, but swallowing down the vinegar, it's a decision. When people are bitter, I say, you have decided to be bitter. Because you've swollen down your disappointments. And the tree is just a picture to selah, to pause for a moment and saying, is peace in my life? What's about the joy? It's the joy of the Lord my strength? Or I'm not so excited anymore about Jesus? What's about the patience, kindness? And his tree, it's more like an illustration for a pause, for a selah. 
You reflect every morning this tree. Because if I'm rooted and I'm drinking from God, my life is changing. I want to uh, close with an illustration. I bring this illustration many, many times. It's like a fire. When a fire is burning, you say in the beginning, you know, my marriage is on fire. I'm on fire with Jesus. I'm on fire in the church. You know, can you bring the fire multimedia, please? Yes. Otherwise, I preach about the fire, but there's no fire. You know, fire, it, it's so cool. But sometimes people are saying, I'm not on fire anymore for Jesus. I don't know what's happened. Or I'm not on fire anymore for the small group, for the ministry, for the job, whatever. I always say to people, that's a no-brainer. They say, what do you mean a no-brainer? Yeah, a no-brainer is a no-brainer. What do you mean? A fire is only so long warm and hot until you put wood on the fire. And you cannot stop your whole life putting wood on the fire. If you're married, you have to put wood and wood and wood and wood and wood and wood every day into your marriage. If not, your marriage gets cold and it's a no-brainer. And the question is, what is wood? This rep represents for everybody something different. And the same question like the tree. Selah over your marriage. Selah over relationship with Jesus. And you ask yourself, what is my wood? What can I do that the fire will still burn for my Christ? This is a never-ending story in your life. Every Sunday before we start our celebration, we're doing a white balance with the camera. And maybe you have never seen it before. And if the camera makes a white balance with me, the camera will not say, yeah, Leo is white. Or the camera will lie to the result. If you see me, say, you're not white, Leo. You look like an alien. But the camera is saying, no, no, Leo is white. The thing is, if you judge your life only by yourself, you think I'm holy because you are the midst of the, of the world. But you make a white balance, you need the original color. And I'm not the original color because this is original white and the camera will fix on the original. And now you see what's happened? The camera saying, now it's white because it focus on the regional what is white. The same thing in our lives what is our white balance? It's the Bible. It's the Word of God. It's not what people saying, what people believing, what people say how God is. The white balance, it's the Word of God. And the Word of God will tell you what is right and what is wrong. And the Bible is saying, if you look your life, self, like a tree, and if the fruits are not healthy, something is wrong in your root system. And that's a picture of Jesus saying something is wrong. And I want to start with this preaching for the next Sundays because I want to preach about thoughts, about words, about friendship. And the first message for me important that you understand, the devil 
influences you more than you ever thought, than you ever felt, felt in your life. But the Word of God will have a deep impact in your life as well. And I have made a decision. I base my life not on a gender agenda, not on books, on meaning of people. I base my life on the Word of God who is never changing. God will not change and the Bible will not change. And do these two things, I will hold on for the rest of my life. When I have started ISIS Zurich many, many years ago, people changed God. And people changed the Bible. And all those people, they changed God and changed the Bible. All their churches, they're not, so, they're not surviving anymore. They are dead. Those churches, they're lifting up the word of God. Those churches, they're lifting up the name of God in the poorest form. They're growing expanding people got saved people are healed people set free because when the word of god is preached in the way god thinks signs and miracles will take 